You are listening to Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries. Because no good podcast starts with a salad. Hello, lover. Hello, darling. our third live episode where this is our first two hour long episode and it is our first episode where we intend to have people call in and be on the show i'm super excited we've done a little bit of test uh testing with this (laughs) previous you you might have seen it last night if you were one of the few people who hopped on and (laughs) and listened to us tell everybody that we couldn't figure it out We think we worked out most of the bugs that we were going to run into, and I'm glad we did the testing because we had no audio from our callers. It looks like somebody's trying to call in right now. We do want to let you know we're going to be doing phone-ins at around 3 o'clock. We got to introduce the show a little bit for the first half an hour. We are going to be bringing on Midwest Ghost Society at 2.30 to discuss our paranormal investigation at the Sandwich Opera House. And we will be taking phone-ins for personal ghost stories after that. I can't wait to hear from everyone. If we have time at the end of our interviewing with Midwest Ghost Society, if they want to hang on for an extra 15 minutes, if you guys have any questions for them, we're going to try to keep them on the line and have additional people call in and ask them questions if you have any for them. So hang tight, bear with us. If you are going to phone in, We do ask that you use the Podbean app, of course, and a headphone with the mic built into it for your phone. Otherwise, you end up like like, echo, echo, echo. Yeah, it'll be no bueno. So I know you had a a pre-topic or two set up for us here. If you want to go ahead and get that started while we get listeners uh, joining on board here. Give them a minute to hop on. If you can't make it through the whole live episode, we totally understand. Uh, This is going to be an actual episode as always. So when we're all done recording, it'll show up as a regular episode. Just an unedited regular episode where you hear all of our mistakes along the way. Hello. Uh, Lots of being from me. I'm really good at that. But uh, so... I did have a couple of little... I try to edit those out of people's speech in real life now. I hear them do that, and I'm like, I can't edit oh that out. Oh, my goodness. Happens all the time at the office. Oops. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Another thing I can't edit out. I always hit my headphones on my mic. Okay. So, I do not have an update on um, the man, Michael, um, who was found in Starved Rock in the river there who was deceased but on that same topic of starved rock the um killer from starved rock in the 60s chester was uh actually granted parole after all this time how long has he been in oh my goodness since uh 1960 
So, I mean, he's been in there for a while, and there's a lot of controversy about whether or not he actually committed these crimes. It's a topic that I want to touch on. I've already prepped the episode. However, the further I went into this rabbit hole, the crazier it got. So I'm just doing As my rabbit di- holes tend to do. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm doing my due diligence and making sure that I have all the facts before I cover it fully. However, if you are not familiar with it, uh, he bludgeoned to death three women who were out on a like an outing the three of them just away for the weekend really quick we just missed another call in the call-ins are going to be at 3 p.m we're going to be announcing for people to call in so shoot uh, us a little message on feel uh, free to message right in the pod hey put my call in there yeah let us know put you guys in an order too as well so like kind of first come first serve go ahead and type a message in say hi you can interact with us during the show here but uh, hold the call-ins until around 3 o'clock. We will announce when you guys can call in, and we can hear your personal uh, ghost experiences and stories. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, well, he bludgeoned these three women to death in a cave uh, in Starved Rock. And that uh, he was he admitted to it and was found guilty, and he's had four attempts at appealing the case. And... On this 24th attempt, he now was given parole, which is crazy, but they... A little. Yeah. But he is what? So that he did that... He's 80 years old. Yeah, I was going to say. But he doesn't look like an 80-year-old. He's one of those, like, really healthy 80-year-olds. I mean, he's in shape. I mean, he's probably been... If anything I've learned from prison movies and TV shows is true, (laughs) all he does is sit in the prison yard and lift weights. Duh. And, you know, do push-ups in his cell while he's bored out of his mind. Like, that's... I assume how prison goes. So, but I wanted to make sure that that update got there, you know, as timely as it could be with our episodes. And um, I will be covering the case in depth, but that was kind of crazy. Marissa says, hello. Hello, Marissa. Hello. I'm sitting across from Brandon this week instead of next to him for our live episode. So I will be uh, hearing via him what messages pop up. The other thing is you'll probably notice that I'm coming out of one ear and she is coming out of the other. We don't know for sure if that's the case, but normally I have to edit that out. And since uh, I can't edit this episode, we are going to see how this works out. Being across the room, let us know. Also, if we need to like turn up the mics or anything, please feel free to chat in the room. We can try to turn them up a little bit, but when we do... The gross sound effects you hear from around the room and our, you know, lip smacking and things will also increase. So <laughs> just a heads up on that. A little ASMR for you guys today. <laughs> I still think I'm going to start making some of those videos, but I want to go unique with it. Oh Nothing like gosh. anything that's out Don't there. Don't do it. I'm I hate them. I, I hate them. No. I love them, but for not for the, uh, not for the reason you're supposed to love them. I love them because they're just so weird. Horrendous, you mean. I don't know, but I also like... No, the word is awesome. No, but I'm also weird, and I like the uh, mukbang videos. What are the mukbang videos? It's like people sitting down at a table full of so much food that you wouldn't think a single person could consume it, and they just talk to their live viewers while they eat an ungodly amount of food. So there's like a pretty famous uh, young, like, I want to say she's young 20s, like tiny maybe maybe a hundred pounds dripping wet female that it wins a lot of these contests and she has her own youtube channel 
I've watched quite a few of her videos where she consumes just ridiculous amounts of food, like inhumanly possible, yet she does it. Yeah, yeah. And saves room for dessert. So I mean, but that, you know, that's a, a thing. It's a mukbang. Everybody comes and chats with them as they eat ungodly amounts of food. That is so incredibly bizarre. It is. And I love it because it's so bizarre. By the way, we should share our spirits that we're having here. Uh, I'm going with the apparently fall doesn't exist. It's winter outside. Mm. Hot chocolate and uh, what is it? Peppermint vodka that is quite fantastic. It's Smirnoff, right? Yeah. Smirnoff yeah. makes it. It's, uh, it's, it's new. It's actually pretty good. Like shots are good and, and in your hot cocoa is very good. It's almost like a Rumpelmint shot because it's so minty and delicious. It still has a little bit of that vodka taste, so not the same as a Rumpelmint shot but uh i am just doing a moscow mule i i want a little fresh yummy drink we do love our moscow mules <laughs> i do i need a new mug though mine got put into the dishwasher it's not pretty anymore so did you have another pre-topic topic or did you want to get into kind of letting them know about the uh opera house we could probably since we're more of a time crunch oh no we're not we, no? we have 20 minutes till our call in from Midwest Ghost set. All we right. have plenty of time for All that. Right. Um, I did actually. So I was sitting around and I was kind of thinking of what kind of ghosty, spooky things to talk about before we talked about our ghosts and spooky things. And I realized that after I heard that Lorraine Warren passed away, which Ed and Lorraine Warren are famous. Um, if you don't know who they are and you listen to our show, I'm going to be very, very surprised. But, but yeah. okay. So no, no, tell there, them. Like, yeah. that's, that's important. But uh, So they, she's a, Lorraine is a medium. She's sensitive. And her husband is the only non-priest who is, uh, well, was um, certified to do, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Exorcisms. Exorcisms. Yes. They were in. By a the church. What seven of those, like the Annabelle movies and all that, yeah, and Lorraine Warren are referenced through all yeah. of those. They're based off of their true life stuff, and they have their a cases. yeah. And uh, recently, uh, Lorraine passed away. Ed, he passed away in 2006. She passed away 2018. Um, but no, I'm sorry, 2019. But what I was really no, curious, this yes, she this passed year. away this year. This year, okay. Uh, April of this year. That and was one of those like acceptable moments where you could have said the other day. Yeah, yeah. She says the other day, and what she means is like seven years ago, uh, the <laughs> yeah. other day this it happened. It was the other day. It wasn't today. It was technically a different day than today. That is true. Yes. But so I was just like thinking, what happened to their museum in their basement? Because they have every haunted object that they have found and come across that could potentially harm other people. And they never had kids, right? They did. They did have kids. Okay, did. so it get passed on to them? or So the crazy thing is they had the, the big museum in their basement. And there were a couple people who were able to do like full-blown tours. Um, it wasn't super common. But what they did was they have a... I've seen some of those tours. Yes, actually, uh, it's crazy. Uh, but they have a video that they put out it's a guided tour of the whole place but you're not in danger of you know bumping into something and having a demon follow you home so it's a good idea but where's the fun in that uh, i know <laughs> but the um what i was wondering was after she had passed away what what happened with because it was in the basement of their home and what happened to all the stuff and when i looked into it i found out that after ed passed away lorraine and her son 
took over the museum. And then when uh, 2018, I want to say, uh, somewhere in there, they got shut down for zoning purposes. They couldn't have a museum, a haunted museum in their basement, in their home, in their neighborhood. I mean, they just technically called it a museum. If it wasn't open to the public and they weren't charging for tours, it's not really a museum. But for they said for zoning issues, they couldn't. That was like my old roommate had like unique things and he kept his house so clean that people said it was like a museum, but that doesn't make it a museum. I don't know. That's crazy. But so they got shut down and um, when Lorraine passed away, her son, who she had been working to keep all of it with. Yeah. um, He, you know, he still has the stuff, but they have not found a safe location to transport anything to. They don't know how to do it. So right now everything's just in limbo. And the only way to see it is through their virtual tour. All right. Yeah. But I was just like, so did the stuff get scattered? I don't know if I followed that. No, they they still have it. He still has it. The son does. But um, I went to Warren.net. Warren's.net. We'll put the link in the description. Yeah. And they have a bunch of information and um, you can do their download of their tour. It's like five bucks or whatever. What? They charge for the tour? Yeah, you can rent rent the tour or you can buy the tour. Uh, It's going to be on YouTube for free. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it might already be up there, but but I just thought that was crazy because there's so many haunted artifacts in there from, you know, an altar that's made out of child's head, like tombstone um that's super haunted they've got annabelle that everyone you know knows about that doesn't look anything like you want it to look like it's a raggedy hand doll (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know i just thought that was kind of crazy and kind of on our haunted creepy stuff because who knows where that'll all go that is super fun and uh thank you for the update on all of that yep 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 now we're gonna kind of tell you guys a little bit of the preliminary stuff regarding the sandwich opera house ghost hunting that we did so we wanted to give you a little bit of history on the sandwich opera house and why we think well why they think it potentially could be haunted or what kind of history could you know be behind why it's a haunted opera house it is a old building very old it's from built in 1878 and they built the whole thing in a year so, like, that's pretty crazy because the building itself was huge. And it, it was, like, a multi-purpose. It's huge and gorgeous. Oh, And yes. they've done a lot to restore, like, maintained that despite having some bumps along the way, <laughs> which we'll, we'll let you guys know about. You know, they've, they've maintained that, like, historic look that it had from the windows to all the the gorgeous stage they the, have the upstairs. The crown molding, the, the, they had to redo everything because uh, – uh, right at, after uh, World War II in 1922, the uh, upstairs, which was where they had the theater, well, it closed down and they just didn't use it. And so the police department that was located downstairs. Oh, yeah. You didn't tell them all the. So they used yeah. this for a fire department. They used this for the police department. It was the mayor's office. Judges chambers, community center and graduations were upstairs in the theater. They, Pretty had, sure they had a couple barbers in there. Firemen, yeah. Firemen's balls. <laughs> Getting and to buy the barbers. They also it was across the street from train tracks. So they had traveling theater troops that were just coming and going and doing 
really good shows, you know, just randomly all these people. That was one of the really exciting parts about the tour that we did, you know, like the history tour we did before we went on the ghost hunting side of it. These music, uh, the uh, people that came in and performed the plays, they would just show up and put on a play. Like that wasn't pre-scheduled. They didn't have, you know, like a traveling theater yeah. group. And they were like, here we are, we can do this. And they would just tell them like, here's the play that we put on. They would just travel from venue to venue and just put these plays on. That was probably the most crazy life. Like the people that you would meet. And it's just so cool. It's also mind boggling to me that you just, you know, talk about world war two and the fact that this place was around and doing stuff <laughs> like has been through that stuff. much history they also had what a, a funeral for the mayor yep at this location they sure which... did um that was mayor julius m hummel and that was in 1930 they had his funeral there so there has been a funeral there so that might add <laughs> to some some creepiness some creepy vibes there's also a theory, and, and we'll let uh, Ray and Candy go in a little bit further as to who they think haunts the place and why, but uh, one of the theories is that they think it's children, which we don't know of any children having died at this place, but there was actually a home at the location prior to this building being built. Yes, so, it's on the maps. Like we, when you see old pictures of what the town looked like and everything, there was a building there. We just don't know who lived there or. Yeah, it was a house that was there you yeah. know, prior to it. There's a, there's an old map that has like drawn out with all the different, you know, like how sandwich looked back then. And there was a home there that was at some point torn down before they built this building up. If children lived there, you know, it, like there's no, I mean, we're trying to figure that out. Actually, I know. Uh, candy was the one looking into that right? least, yeah candy said that she was gonna try to see what she could what she could see but she must have some awesome resources because i've been looking <laughs> like crazy and i can't find anything i mean we've gone to the actual sandwich library which has moved in yeah all their historic like all the documents and things they have are between locations and all over the place so we're trying to figure all that out fingers crossed well maybe candy found something that has an update for us but that's the thing with ghosts is you just don't know. I mean, nobody knows for sure. Everybody has their theories about how they work. They could be attached to the actual location or they could be attached to the grounds that the building was built on. You know, like there's just all kinds of stuff that it would be really fun if you find your theory based on the experiences that you have, which we'll be telling you about later in this episode. And then you're able to actually pinpoint and find the why like you know you know it's they had a, a couple of different people that they have theorized that might be who they're communicating with and if you find them through communication and then prove they existed later that's i always think so that's very cool. exciting yes uh but so back kind of jumping back to why they were we, we they had to redo it blah, 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 blah. all right uh, had more things i can't edit out much better <laughs> no problem uh but the the reason why they had to do so much work to restore this building was because like i said they closed the top half of it in 1922 and the police department used the theater as a shooting range and so i mean 
you would imagine it would get pretty destroyed like that. When she says shooting range, she means like they put pop cans on the stage and shot at them. Achoo! It wasn't like an official shooting yes. range. They were just, just shooting. shooting stuff upstairs. Shooting shit. <laughs> and a lot of people thought that the building was condemned. They thought the whole building was condemned, but that actually wasn't the case. There were only portions of the building that they had condemned. The rest of the building was still in use while this was happening. But they've done a fantastic job of redoing all of everything to make Apparently it look... Apparently OSHA wasn't around yet. No, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> um, but one of the other cool things about the remodel and revamping of the Opera House is the women's bathroom was originally the old jail cells. This is really fun. And... <laughs> When you go in there, it's like you go into a jail cell and then the stalls, there's like two stalls inside of the jail like cell. old school looking jail cell. Like the uh, stonework and all that. It does not look like a modern jail cell. No, it's, yeah. It's like uh, the, I don't even know what kind of bricks those are. Like those big giant, like huge. big bumpy bricks. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, the way I can describe them. But what they did was they were trying to, you know, revamp it and turn it into a bathroom. However, when they were trying to cut through the iron bars, the friction of the saw heated up and caught the bathroom on fire. So they were like, hmm, we'll just leave it and work around it. And I'm so glad that happened because <laughs> it, it really so does have cool. that. Like, <laughs> it's got that history built into the bathroom now, which is awesome. Definitely. And I that, that was the only room I think that we really didn't get to ghost hunt in, which that you know they told us it has activity so maybe we'll have to try it again sometime yeah it, and we'll tell you more about the actual experiences that we had but what was interesting is that they were all kind of centralized to one part of the opera house when we were there they've had experiences that they will probably tell you about today throughout the opera house but all of ours was really one specific uh, what do they call them? Their uh... experience? No, <laughs> session. They're, they're sessions. Session, yes. So they had one session that really just stands out to us that we're going to tell you guys about. The rest of it, it was kind of like we learned a lot about what they do. Oh, there. it was so cool. But it was kind of the fact that it all happened in this one session. It really kind of validated the whole experience for me. Oh yeah, definitely. It wasn't just like oh. There's a ghost here. Yeah. Oh, there's a ghost here. It was That's like, probably a ghost. That's this... probably a ghost. Yeah, it was. We just had like one true good experience. And then the rest of it was just kind of like, you know, going through and trying to get results. But the ghosts weren't active, apparently. We were up past their bedtime. So Candy and Ray, if you guys are listening right now and you want to just chat in the group and let us know that you're on. So we have... No, you're going to be ready at 2.30. Go ahead and do that at any moment here, any time while you're listening, so we can kind of prep for that. Uh, but yeah, they're going to be calling in at 2.30. We're going to be discussing uh, the actual ghost hunting experience oh, that we've been telling you guys about for so long. I know. And we apologize again for taking as long as this has, but you know, when you're working with two different groups and there's so much data to scrub through, it, it takes a long time. I mean, for every hour that you're there, they have multiple devices recording uh, EVPs. They've got multiple video cameras. They have every hour that you are recording a session is like four to six hours worth of data that you have to, to scrub through. through. Oh my gosh, yeah. 
I mean, just thinking about how long it takes you to edit one of our episodes, just listening to it over and over to get those parts how you want it. And that's all recorded on one device. Yeah, if I had to do that with six different devices, (laughs) yeah, I I can imagine. Plus, they're not looking for just like normal things like ums and likes and, you know, your lip smacky sounds that they have that. No, they're looking for the paranormal. They're looking for those like subtle, quiet responses to questions that are asked and then you know, re-listening over and over to see if it was, was that just... a stomach gargling right. was that <laughs> anything. So yeah. Which I will say is one of the really of cool work. things about ghost hunting with the Midwest Ghost Society is that they do their due diligence to make sure if they're gonna say something from from their opinion is is paranormal that they have gone Most through definitely every single logical explanation or, or natural experience that could have caused that which is pretty cool yeah i mean even just sitting with them doing a uh a session in the green room and all of a sudden somebody's saying stomach train <laughs> like what's going on like oh we're marking it so we don't think that it's a ghost I'm like that makes sense and we're all getting hungry, so a lot of people say stomach a whole. <laughs> You'd be surprised how much a growling stomach can sound like a demonic voice in a uh, ghost recording I mean, session. I will say it sounds like a demonic voice when you're taking a test in the middle of class, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> I don't want us to take this test. That's awesome. Do you have any other information on the opera house there? Uh, let's see here. I think without going into insane amount of details um maybe just that a couple of the experiences that people have had there were spheres of light um chairs have been pushed over people have heard whispers screams and whistling um so those were like kind of like the pre-stuff when i was looking into it before we actually went and did our own investigation if you so will. not so much history more paranormal history yeah. on on it oh, apparently sorry thought i was talking to her there oh <laughs> looks like uh raymond has joined us so hey 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 we are ready for you to call in uh using the podbean app at uh three o'clock or i'm sorry 2 30 when you when you're ready all you have to do is phone in throw on your headset and you'll be good to go this is our this is our first official ah. call in on a live episode. So we'll, fingers crossed. Hopefully everything goes well. If you experience any Positive. difficulties on your end, please chat with us and let us know if you're having a difficult time hearing Ray. If anything weird happens on your end that we can't tell from our end, please let us know. Oh, it's good. your favorite noise. <laughs> <laughs> I realized I'm glad I, you intentionally did that <laughs> in the mic. Well, it was only once, and then I realized that I made the noise, and then I had to sipping on our Moscow mule. It's delicious. I put a lot of lime, so it was a little tart. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for this. So Ray, we're ready. If you want to call in early, we're ready when you are. Don't wait on us. You don't have to wait till two thirty exactly. We got through, uh, since you're just kind of hopping on now, the history of the Opera House. You know, just kind of tell them about how long it's been around. And we let them know about just the fact that we did our our ghost hunting together. We're going to share the actual experience we had once you guys call in. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. If uh, you have to go quick, grab your spirit to join us with a cocktail. Yeah. We understand if you call in at 2.30 instead of 2.27. And I will tell you guys. All right. So just to kind of give you a little bit of uh, pre-excitement regarding this. I-, I went into this ghost hunting experience very, very skeptical. I, I definitely believe in ghosts. I have had my own personal experiences, I'm sure many of which we'll share with you this episode and some we've shared with you in previous episodes, but I was very skeptical as to whether or not you're able to truly, you know, capture a ghost experience with equipment. I see a lot of the TV shows that are out there. I know if they don't have some sort of ghost experience, the people of, you know, the number of viewers are going to go down and I'm always very skeptical of that. But I had no question the experience experience that we had that that there was something there because it was a hundred percent like convincing to me what we were hearing. Looks like Ray is calling in. I'm going to go ahead and answer that call and get him on. And let's hope we have audio. Ray, can you hear up? Yeah. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Fantastic. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic, fantastic! Did you did you get a cocktail to join us on this uh, Sunday? No, no, I'm <laughs> facing a, I'm facing a paranormal hangover at the moment. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Fair enough. <laughs> <clears throat> so, is uh, Candy going to be calling in as well, or are you just calling in? No, it, it's just me. Okay, fair enough. Fantastic. Well, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You you are officially our very first call in on a live episode ever. We were concerned as to how well this would work, and we did a few tests, and it, it's working pretty well. We can hear you loud and clear. Hopefully, our listeners can hear you loud and clear as well. But uh, if we want to go ahead and get this started, do you want to tell them a little bit about uh, Midwest Ghost Society? Like how long you guys have been around? What you guys do? Yeah, so uh, Midwest Ghost Society has been around since two thousand and. 9 2010 so we've been a group for like nine ten years now uh we do private case investigations we investigate everywhere in the midwest and uh we're just a giant family as you and uh ali seen when you guys were investigating with us so <laughs> yes we did that was fantastic i loved it we got there uh that night it was dark stormy and you know you and candy were outside and we got to meet you guys and as soon as we walked in we got to see the whole group you know i know a couple members couldn't make it because the whole area was flooded and there was a couple chaotic moments for everyone but just to see everybody interacting and uh you could really tell that you guys are a close-knit group and you know you guys work so well together it was so fun and just so you know, really quick, we got our first response here. You're coming in very loud and clear. So if you can just back away from your mic a little bit when you talk, or I don't know if you have volume controls on it, you can turn it down a hair. You're coming through okay. loud. <laughs> but uh, right. do you have how's that? Oh, I, oh. Yeah, how's that? Is that better? You sound quieter to us. Hopefully you sound quieter to them as well. <laughs> so yeah, okay. I, think, I think that's better. <laughs> Oh, very good. So uh, I guess do you want to start with maybe going over what we used in the investigation or you want to start jumping in? We can give you a quick reminder of the equipment that was used and you can kind of tell us a little bit about it, Um, especially regarding the great session that we had in the basement. 
it looked like you guys were using a K2 EMF, if I wrote that down correctly. Uh, yeah, we were using the K2. Uh, we were using our REM pod, and we are using our flashlight. All right, so for the listeners who don't know what a K2 is, <coughs> what would that be? So K2 is a device that's got an antenna on it and, like, four lights. And what it does is it basically emits its own field, and in order for you to trip that device or make it go off, you have to be very, very close to the device, uh, to the antenna to make to actually make it like turn on. And uh, Brand- Brandon knows about that. <laughs> yes, I was very excited. About it. I I thought that was the REM pod that went off crazy with the antenna on it. Is that the? Yes, that's the REM pod. The K two. Uh, I always say it's like what electricians use. It basically detects uh, any fluctuations in the electromagnetic field which is a natural field that the earth naturally puts off. Everything emits some type of EMF, whether it be a strong field or a weak field. So that's something we use when we do uh, paranormal investigations as well. And now I personally thought the flashlight (laughs) using like the, the twist on twist off mag flashlights was absolutely genius. I love it. And I think that our listeners will love it too, because it's something they can play with and experience with at home. So can you tell them a little bit like how you set a mag flashlight to work as a ghost hunting tool and maybe a little bit of the theory as to why it might work? So what we do with the mag light or the, or the flashlight that has to be a twist on twist off is you have to turn it on. So we're, we're barely making a connection. So it's, so it just takes very little effort to turn it on, but it actually has to continue twisting to turn on. It's weird how it works, but when it does work, it's amazing because you can actually use it to uh, communicate with the spirit with yes or no questions. And and one of the important things to note that you guys had shown us, you make sure that when you shake the flashlight, it does not accidentally turn on. Like it's not a matter of vibration, correct? Yes. Yes. We actually will stomp really hard around the flashlight. We'll try and knock it any way we can to make it turn on so we don't get a false positive. Yeah, when you guys were originally doing your setup, I thought everybody was starting to do like an Irish jig or something in the corner. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. Well, we, while we were in the theater, we were practicing for stomp. So. Oh, perfect. Oh, I, like I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love stomp. Great reference. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, everything's on camera, so you just might as well send them your audition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Make uh, some money. <laughs> so we have those things that we use. Uh, the EDI also. Did we touch on that? Is that the 360 static thing? That's the no, one that, that, that makes that loud noise, right? So the REM pod makes a really loud noise when it goes on. Okay. Um, The only other one we have that would make a noise... Yeah, it, that would just be the REM pod. The the EDI we don't have. We have the MF1. It's a step oh, below okay. the EDI, but I want the EDI because it would just make um, <laughs> okay. yeah, it would just make ghost hunting a whole lot better if I had one. That that <laughs> ties all of the experiences with all the equipment that you have together for the listeners. If that's correct, a good way to describe yes. that. Yes, it records like all the things that are happening, and then kind of shows you on a chart like what you know correlation between one thing going off and the other thing going off really well yes yeah so about this well i guess before we tell that exact session do you have a little bit of theory i know when we got there you guys had told us right away like hey we got to do our ghost hunting session before midnight because 
you know, they, everything kind of goes silent after midnight in the basement. And you had some theories as to all of that. Do you want to kind of share a little bit of your history and like some of the experiences you've had there and how you guys know the ghosts of the Sandwich Opera House as well as you do? Yeah. So when we first investigated the Sandwich Opera House, we investigated as a big group with, with Midwest Ghost Society. And we had we investigated for about four or five hours, and we had a lot of cool evidence, but it was all before midnight. So when we started doing public events there, we always had them early because we knew that the best activity was going to happen earlier in the night. And as you can see, it's like from, from our investigation, everything happens around like nine, ten o'clock at night, and after like eleven to midnight, it, it stops. Now. I'm not saying that's happening at every location we go to, but for the most part, we get a good activity during the day. We'll get a good activity in the evening. And one of the theories we have is, you know, the spirits get tired. They Maybe they have a bedtime. Maybe they just don't want to participate anymore after a certain time. So we always make it our goal to get the basement session done first because that's the best chance you have to get good activity down there. And I will say there was some evidence to support this theory that blew my mind. One being that the activity really did go away after midnight. And two being uh, one of the questions that we asked the spirits <laughs> and the response that we got definitely validates what Ray has just said right there. So before we jump into that experience, I want to say before we go down to this basement, because like you said, we, we when we got there, everybody's like, let's go. They have a bedtime. Let's get down there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, there's a plate of cookies and <laughs> yes, a, yes. a blueberry muffin. And I just love this. And it was only one blueberry muffin. <laughs> and it was very important that nobody touched it. Yes. yes. Can you so, tell so, us a little bit about yeah. the uh, cupcake and the cookies? Yeah. So the story about that was uh, it was Candy's idea because we were asking questions. Uh, like an investigation before, like, hey, do you want us to bring you snacks? And the flashlight would turn on. We'd be like, okay, we'll turn the flashlight off so we can ask you another question. And Candy said, do you want us to bring you a blueberry muffin? And the flashlight would turn on. So ever since, we got trapped into basically bringing a blueberry muffin down in the basement. Uh, and I then, love it. And then as years went on, that went from a blueberry muffin to a cookie to candy. So now they get a whole plate full of goodies down there now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I got to say the relationship that you guys have, and we've only seen you in one investigation. We've only seen you at one location, but the relationship that you guys share with your, your ghosts is, is not only quite adorable. It's, it's fun to see in contrast to a lot of these guys that go on TV and they're like screaming at the ghosts and they're, Come yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Trying yeah. to start a fight with them. You guys are bringing cookies and donuts. I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah. You got to remember, uh, at one point they were human too, so they were they were people. So why not continue to treat them with respect that that they deserved when they were alive? So that's why we're always really kind and polite when we go investigate somewhere because you catch more bees with honey than you do vinegar. So absolutely love it, and I, I think they that tested that on the MythBusters, by the way. Yeah, bees? <laughs> bees and honey. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, really quick, the the team that joined us, and I know we already put it on Facebook, but just to kind of give everybody credit, we had uh, Candy, Ray, who's on the phone with us now, Donna, Dan, and then uh, who hosted us Chris. for the experience, yeah. 
not part of Midwest Ghost Society, but works for the Sandwich Opera House was Chris. And she was absolutely amazing. And I <laughs> love her. And she had to get up like so early in the morning. And she like <laughs> volunteers to do these overnights with everybody, which is awesome. And it's her relationship with at least the ghosts that are in the basement that seem like they kind of they trust her and they come out because they know yeah they know that you know she's going to keep them safe and so that was a really cool thing to see as well you had mentioned that like a lot of your good experiences that you guys have had there she was present so now she almost feels obligated to be there for the actual session correct yeah yeah before she would just she left us alone she didn't want to come but then you know candy and i would wear we wore her down so (laughs) <laughs> we basically said, listen, you, you got we're like, you gotta come down in the basement with us because the the spirits you're here every day. The spirits know you, they trust you, you have a rapport with them, and they don't know us as well as they know you. And as soon as we started getting her more involved in the um investigations, we got more activity. So we make it our goal to make sure she comes down with us to at least a couple sessions. So and it seems like she secretly really likes it if she doesn't admit it, which she does like have that relationship with the the spiritual entities that seem to be around. Uh, I will say it is also something that I, I thought about when we all left and she had to lock up the whole building oh by herself. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and we'll tell you guys about the experience coming up like right now. But it was after having this like pretty intense very real experience at this location she you know has said goodbyes gave our hugs and you know we went on our merry way and she went through and had to shut off all the lights with a tiny little flashlight and lock the place up (laughs) she's got an iron will because holy cow i don't know if i'd be able to do it (laughs) and she said her job too by the way she cares about everything about that building (laughs) yeah and she said herself that there's been times where she walk into a room thinking she'd like turn the light off and then go back and the lights on. So who knows what <laughs> she sees after when she's locking up. So <laughs> Oh yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> That's why she said half the time when she does her work, she's got headphones in because she's like, she always hears like stomping around. I'm like, man, I want to work there. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> We'd be ghost hunting all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't get yeah. the actual things done. You'd just be <laughs> trying to talk to spirits. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you guys want to jump into Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the uh, the best session. Yeah, well, the first and only like official session that I've ever been a part of. I've done my own, you know, amateur ghost hunting back in the day, but this was with the the professional team, the Midwest Ghost Society. We uh, you guys try to do 20-minute sessions, correct? Yeah, and and if we get something happening, we have no problem going over that time. So, <laughs> and I believe we did on our best session. I think it went a little bit longer, and then it came to an end because it went a little bit longer, yes. which we'll discuss at the end. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so I, I want to kind of preface this by saying, <clears throat> when we went down into the basement and we set up all of this equipment, you guys were explaining each individual piece of equipment. About fifteen, maybe twenty minutes passed between when the equipment was set up, turned on and ready and between when the session officially started correct yes and i know none of us while we were standing by any of this equipment during any of the time prior to the session beginning none of us saw any of the equipment go off at all even though we were 
technically almost a little too close to it because it could have gone off based on our own personal magnetic fields and all that. But when you went back and watched all that footage and you, you checked everything out, had any of that equipment done anything prior to our session beginning? No. And this is extremely important because I really think when it comes to intelligent response, timing yes. is everything. And I want to say, so we set up the equipment. We then went, sat in chairs. I'm really bad at measurement. What would you say? That was like 100 feet away, 80 feet away? Like how was that? Way yeah, I'd say we're, we're probably about, I'd say like 50, 65 feet away from the equipment. Okay. And that's essentially across a long basement where they would actually drain fire hoses from the old fire department that used to be there. Yeah. So I don't know how long those yeah. were the sections, but we, we were a decent distance away from all this equipment. I don't remember who actually kicked off the session, but after we turned off the lights, somebody said, hey, well, we should probably go ahead and get the session started. Do you know, do you know who did that? I can't remember. It was probably Candy. I think it was Candy because then she started by introducing herself. And yeah, then, yeah, because we all we we always make sure we introduce ourselves so they know us. It's 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 our thing. <laughs> it, it's really cool because you know as soon as you know we all just kind of hey you know I'm Ellie, hey Brandon, hey you know and everybody goes around and says their their piece and sort of gives that goodwill into the the space that we're in. Not in a moment sooner. Well, no, then we, the, the first question was asked after we all introduced ourselves, uh, somebody, I want to say it was Dan said, is there anybody here with us? And that was the first, like almost immediate response we got to any of the equipment. I know the flashlight had turned on. And if I remember correctly off the video, you guys sent the K2 also went from, you know, the, the green to yellow or whatever the, the colors yeah. are. It also indicated that something was present, correct? Yes. So the crazy thing with this is as as we're starting to get the little flashlight responses, because it started off with just simple yes or no flashlight responses, but any time that the flashlights would go to turn on beforehand, I would notice that the, the K2, that's the um, one that lights up with Yeah, this, the little electrician's yeah. tool. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could see it actually picking up energies before the flashlight, like moments before the flashlight would turn on, which I just thought was so crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's really like two very different technologies, so to speak, that, you know, the, the flashlight turning on and then the K2 reacting. It's it's two different pieces of equipment that are interacting in you know correlation to each other. And it was almost like you could see in your mind's eye, so to speak, the energy moving closer to the flashlight to activate it. But in order to get closer to the flashlight, it had to pass by the K2 setting it off first. I mean, it really did. And we're going to post the video on our Facebook, our Instagram. We'll have it on our Twitter account and all that. You guys will be able to watch this and see for yourself what we're talking about. <clears throat> but one of our first like kind of major experiences that we had during that session was when I volunteered to walk over toward the equipment and asked the the entity that, that would be around us if they were okay with me coming close to let us know. And that was the time that we saw the K2, the flashlight, and my personal favorite piece of equipment, <laughs> the REM pod. Not just like 
when it goes off, it's got the little antenna, it's got flashing lights around it. It normally, in your guys' experience, normally just goes like, boop. And like, yeah, just, lights will shine. Yeah, yeah, just one little fast boop. And, and it's important to mention that that device is really hard to be interacted with. It's it's one of our hardest pieces of equipment to uh, to actually get like evidence with. And it's really cool when, it's, when something happens. And if I remember correctly, it's only you and one other member of your team that have ever really had experiences with it going off, correct? Yeah. So so this thing didn't just beep once and go off. This thing went like <laughs> all four lights spun. Was just like lit up with this this brightly colored stuff and the K2 went the energy went up on it. Flashlights were up. Holy cow, all of a sudden it's like, yep, that yep, you're doing it. So to, to bring down the excitement just a hair, one of the things we initially realized is, okay, I, I went close to it, and they asked, do you have a cell phone in your pocket? I'm like, well, yes, I do have a cell phone in my pocket. They had told us ahead of time to make sure all of our cell phones were on uh, airplane mode, which it was. And ultimately, like, I still couldn't rule out, like, maybe my cell phone did cause that. And it was in the back of my head, and I was like, that's the only downside to walking up close to it is the fact that I did have the cell phone on me. I would like to point out we were all standing much closer than I got to it. Oh, yes. When the, you during were still that like minute. five, six feet away from it before, yeah. when you were doing this. but And when we were talking about the equipment, we were standing right over it and it was not interacting. I also took my cell phone and put it all the way up to the REM pot to see if it would set it off. And it did not. But again, I, I still couldn't completely rule it out in the back of my mind, which is okay <laughs> because... <laughs> When I went back, we sat down, we continued the session a little bit further, and then at some point, and I'm kind of skipping ahead, I'll put the full video on there, but we, somebody asked, are you guys getting tired, correct? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was a immediate flashlight response, kicks on, yep. K2, go, or not K2, I'm sorry, the, uh, yeah, <laughs> K2 goes off just a little bit, indicating something was there. And for the second time, somebody asked, uh... Do you want us to pack up our equipment and go away? I believe that was Donna that asked that. It might have been Candy. I can't remember. Do you remember who asked that? Uh, I think it was it was Candy. Candy. So <laughs> she says, all right, well, do you want us to just wrap up our equipment and, and get out of here? And oh, my goodness. Within maybe three and a half seconds, not even three and a half, a no, second and a half, two seconds. Quick. I went to go start another question before I could say it. The flashlight, the K2, and the REM pot went off even more so than when I had gone <laughs> over there. Like, yes, leave us alone. We're tired. Yeah. Go away. Yeah. Every one of us. We were like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, all of this stuff was really interactive. Very, It seemed to be intelligent responses. That was the moment that when, you know, we're all across the room. No, There's no real chance for us interfering with the equipment and, and that was the moment that i was just like wow and, and there's so many reasons why it was important to me one obviously a big reaction from the equipment very intelligent big reaction <laughs> and yeah. two, you guys had told us all of this information before the session started you told us that they get tired around midnight you told us that they get tired after you know, doing sessions longer than 20 minutes because it takes a lot of energy from your, you know, in your theory to interact with this equipment. So 
like all of this information it was you know being confirmed by the entity that we're you know communicating with and that's why this was such an exciting moment for me yeah it's like it's like a validation it's 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 amazing when it happens and and my favorite part of that night was when we had the flashlight turn on when i asked um do you not know what you are the yes. flashlight turned on and then it turned off and you repeated the question and it immediately turned on again and that's yeah. in the video too <laughs> that was another really important i'm glad you mentioned that i forgot to mention that one just now and yes that was so important because i mean it's all no matter how long you've been ghost hunting no matter how many people are out there doing ghost hunting when it when it's all said and done like this is all theory at this point we're trying to figure out what are these ghosts you know some people believe they're the people who have passed on and it sounds like that's you know similar to what your belief structure is other people think they're demonic entities and other people think, you know, whatever, aliens, who knows. When it's all said and done, we're trying to figure this out and communicating with them and having them tell us, like, I don't know what we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't... Go ahead. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't... it's like they don't know. <clears throat> Some of them don't know what to classify themselves as. Maybe they don't know they're dead. Maybe they think there's something else. Maybe they're stuck between, like, two types of dimensions who who knows like you said it's all theory and part of the reason why we do this is to try and get more answers to all the questions that are out there yeah and that if we can learn from the very entities that we're trying to study and interact with and in a way that you guys do it in such a nice way where you're you know bringing them cookies and snacks and like being considerate for their time like i know this is draining you of a lot of energy like we're gonna break we'll come back later and you know that's one of the things that kind of blew my mind because i've had many crazy experiences but they're few and far between when it comes to like life on earth and when i'm in one like i don't want to leave it i just want to like absorb as much as i can ask as many questions as i can and the fact that you guys are willing at like the peak of this session where it's just like interacting back and forth almost as real is a conversation we're having right now and the fact that you're willing to walk away shows me so much that you guys are that confident you're gonna have this experience again the fact that you're that courteous of these entities you know the, their feelings so to speak like that is amazing to me that you guys do the, the stuff that you do and such a different take on ghost hunting than what you traditionally will see with all of these aggressive ghost hunters challenges <clears throat> like we were talking about before and it was so refreshing and i love the fact of the the amount of results that come from it because honestly what does everybody want is respect and to be treated well and that's how you like that's amazing i love the way that you guys do this now uh, one yeah. other thing i gotta i gotta ask you do you want to say something on that oh no no you, you can ask Go ahead. all right so <laughs> and it, i already asked you this in person but this is for the listeners because I had to, for my own sanity, ask a question at the end of this session that your reaction was confirmation enough for me alone to be like, no, that, that's not what's going on here. But of course, when it's all said and done, the only, the only non-paranormal explanation that I could come up with would be that you guys had remotes hidden in your pockets, right? And you guys were just, you know, tricking us. And do you remember your response when I asked you that question? Oh, I can't, I can't remember, but I know I, it was probably something like, we don't fake nothing. Or something. 
it was it was that you guys don't fake anything and i do believe that but more importantly it's that people have tried to fake you guys out yeah yeah with, with their ghost stories they're trying to prove to you that their place is haunted and and you guys got upset about that yeah it's like we half the time we paid to go to places and we don't want to you know we want to have a real experience and we don't want to be faked out and what the people don't know is we're not stupid we know we know all the tricks you're doing and when you try and pull a fast one on us we better be well aware that we're going to find out what you did and we're going to replicate it so we know what you did and that's that's the one thing that we we don't ever do is is we don't fake anything because we don't we wouldn't want to be faked out in a case and it just it ruins your credibility it ruins everything about your group so yeah yeah i'm glad i'm glad you brought that up because yeah we've been faked out before at a location and, and uh we knew exactly what went on we informed the person uh who owned the place and uh needless to say we've never been back to that location so uh, good for you guys because <laughs> that's i mean it really it just not only does it discredify uh, discredit their story it, it discredits this whole world when it, the internet gets filled with all of these fake things and you got these tv shows faking ghost experiences and all this and, and there's real experiences out there it's hard to wade between what's real and what's being hoaxed and it really just makes everybody put their hands in the air and say ah i don't know it's all <laughs> fake right so yeah I genuinely appreciate a team like you guys that you're doing this from my perspective. And you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong from my perspective. It seems like you guys are doing this because you genuinely enjoy it. It does not seem to be like a, a source of income. And I, I could be wrong on that, but it seems like you guys spend a lot of money on this equipment and you guys genuinely enjoy what you do. And that while you do have, you know, your ghost tours that you do during Halloween time, you're charging such a low amount because you genuinely want as many kids as possible to experience this. It doesn't seem like it even covers the cost of your equipment, let alone the cost of, you know, your going on your trip, overnight your, trips yeah. and your gas to get out there and all that. Is, is that a fair assessment or? Yeah. Uh, so half the time we pay out of pocket to go investigate somewhere and we, uh, all of our members pays dues or like $25 for the year. And those dues that our members pay goes to like batteries, new equipment. But when we do uh, public events at the opera house, the opera house gets like, I think 70 or 80% of what we make at those events, because it's not about the money for us. It's about the camaraderie we have with the team. It's about in, uh, educating the public about the paranormal in a, in a better way and letting them know that it's not all what you see on TV. And for the, and the most important part is the money goes to the opera house and the opera house really needs the money. And so why not do it? We have bodies, we have the equipment. You might as well do something you love while making some money for another organization. Which, that's why we were, that's why we were, we spent so much time this year raising money for lost limbs foundation. So and that's what I was just going to say is that the opera house turns around and uses that money for painting with kids and, and helping out the community. It's not like they're, they're profiting off of it. These are like fundraisers that the opera house is doing from, from what I understand. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much what it is. It's uh, it's, it helps them with their operating costs. It helps them be able to afford to have some pretty cool things happen in the opera house. And it's just extra, it's extra income for them. And we're more than happy to do it. It's, it's 
we all have fun doing it and I wish we could do it at more places, but uh, the opera house is our second home and so Christine loves is, us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she does. She does. <laughs> if there was any motive for anybody to fake this, it would come <laughs> from the opera house, not from you guys. And I can say, I mean, having met Chris, she is a absolute sweetheart. I don't know that she's necessarily a techno uh, technologically savvy person. I, I have no idea whether or not, but I will say it would be significantly more difficult for her to fake this. Oh, yes. <laughs> because she'd have to be adapting your equipment, not her equipment, right? Yeah. So uh, that's what we, uh, public events too, anybody could try and pull something, pull a fast one, because to trip a K2 meter, it's so easy to do. All you have to do is if you have a key fob on your keychain, you can just keep pressing the unlock lock button over and over again, and it'll give you false readings on your K2. Yeah, which you did actually tell us about, and I did try that after you told us when we were in the basement. My key fob didn't really interact with it, but I guess the, the question that I was asking was more along the lines of, you guys are using mag lights, and mag lights obviously are not remote controlled, and there's really no way to make them go off unless you were to physically manipulate them and add some sort of internal mechanism to cause yeah. them to be remote controlled. But you, you know, like... Chris doesn't have access to your flashlights to try to, to make them remote controlled. It, like she would have to make your equipment work differently in order to, to fake that experience. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. She'd have to know exactly uh, how the mechanism works and how everything would work to actually uh, try and do something like that. But she, she never would in hundred percent. She would never try to no, do anything it, like that. It's so <laughs> fantastic. I love it. Every like, it's she really cares about it and she i i love all of her theories about the ghost being children and you know because that's her children's uh workshop space i love the glitter that was everywhere because <laughs> yeah <laughs> big projects down there you know um but yeah i mean the whole experience was great and i love the fact that what you're doing is actually you know maybe not pushing yourself funding forward, but you're also giving back to the community through doing these Which things for awesome. the community. Yeah. And, and one more yeah. thing I want to throw out there to validate this whole experience and, and to kind of, again, it doesn't, there's no way you could prove to the, the true skeptics out there that nothing was faked or that we didn't misinterpret anything or whatever. But I will say one more big like selling point for me is that we did multiple sessions throughout that building. We did sessions upstairs. We went back into the basement and there was no other point throughout. And one of those sessions was like almost an hour long because you and I were doing. Yeah, you, 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 yeah, you, were you guys were doing the interviews. I was upstairs with the uh, was it the uh, obliette. Oh, oh. obelisk. Obelisk. Yeah. Thank you. And we were up there for an hour and we didn't get much of anything. But the K2, the 360, the REM pod, the flashlights, all of those things were used at every session and the only time they went off was during that one specific session in the basement even after midnight that it did not go off yeah and <clears throat> you know you guys had told us about that ahead of time like i i just feel like if, if there was somebody trying to pull the wool over our eyes or trick us or whatever there was plenty of experiences that we could have you know that could have been faked throughout that visit to, to really sell us on the whole thing. And no, none of that equipment went off anywhere else. It was that one session. And it was such a powerful session. I absolutely loved it. 
I can't wait till you guys get to see the video, listeners. It, it's fun to watch. It's definitely going to, you know, rise some questions. And please feel free to ask them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and I always, well, I always say, I always say I'm a skeptic and I'm a believer because you have to be a skeptic a little bit to, to do what we do because you have to have that mindset of, well, if it's not this, could it be explained away with a natural occurrence or can it be explained away by science? And I think that's why Chris likes our group so much and lets us do our public events there because she knows if something's good, if something happens, we're going to question it. We're going to second, we're going to, you know, have a second thought about it and we're going to try and figure out what's causing it. And if we can't find out what's causing it, well then it changes things. So you got to try and go a different route. So you have to be skeptic, like you were saying, because anything you post online is going to get eaten alive by oh, yeah. skeptics. <laughs> and so you have to have some type of proof uh, to go along with, with your evidence. And that's why we always have a, a video camera facing our uh, our equipment so people can see we're not touching it. And it's it's just... It's crazy out there. You see a lot of, you see some other groups who post stuff and you're like, well, you know, you're saying that's an orb, but it, it totally could be dust. But it's just. And that's my, that's why I've been people, so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You got people that, you know, it, it's, it's dust orbs. Who, who really knows? Like it's all theory, but I tend to catch more dust than I have orbs. So. <laughs> I get sold on an orb. If you saw that thing with your own eyes and then you catch a picture of it and it's very difficult to, to do that. It, but, and I'm not saying there's no such thing as an orb and I'm not saying that no pictures that have ever been taken are orbs. I'm just saying it's so hard to tell the difference because of the way, you know, small bugs and, and dust interacts with, especially infrared light on cameras. I mean, we see little things shoot across our, our security cameras all the time at night. And while they are like, they make your hair stand up a little bit. They are oh, exciting. Yeah. We, we, still, yeah. we, you know, we're like, it's probably just dust. We can't tell. So if you see it with your own eyes and you're like, no, there, there's something weird right there. And then you capture a picture of it. Or even I'll go so far as to say, if you get like, it feels like a cold breeze, just touch the back of your neck and you turn around really quick and snap a picture. And there's something crazy in that picture. It's a great experience for you. Is it like solid evidence that there is paranormal? Absolutely not. Yeah. But I'm not out here to prove this to anybody else. I love the paranormal because I love the personal experiences that I've had and that my wife and I have shared and that we got to share with you guys. That's what it's all about for me. And what I say to yeah. the biggest skeptics out there, if you're truly a skeptic, find somebody like us, find somebody like Midwest Ghost Society, go out there and experience it for yourself. It might not make you a believer, but you're going to have a whole lot of fun and you might start to like question your own, you know, disbelief and maybe just have a little smidge of you be like, all right, that, that was a really weird experience. <laughs> well, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, we're at the opera house recently. You want me to tell you about two experiences we had there? Absolutely. Yes, please. They I were, they were crazy. Oh, so we were at the opera house a few weeks ago and, uh, we're doing like another investigation and we're in the basement. Right. And of course, you know, basement's the hot spot, and we're all sitting on that, um, that area where they used to use to, uh, to dry out the fire hoses. Yeah. Or we <clears throat> yeah. And you know, there's no windows over there, right. <laughs> on that yeah. side of the building. 
Well, we're in a session, and all of a sudden, three of us see a big flash of light, brighter than a camera flash, like manifest itself on the wall, and it happened really quick. Oh, <laughs> that's and it wasn't funny. a and it wasn't a car driving past. It wasn't anything because we're like, well, where's the windows at? Okay, there's no windows on this side. We're like, where'd it come from? Nobody had a flashlight. Nobody took a picture. I was like, well, that's crazy. And we did it. We were there on a night when it was like lightning. an insane lightning storm, over as we've told you guys a bunch. I, that lightning was flashing, and it still didn't cause what it sounds like you're describing on that back wall. Like, we could see it from across behind where all the equipment was, but not behind where everybody was sitting. That's crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. And then <clears throat> we went up to, we did a session on the balcony. And this is something we've been doing is we want to keep things fresh. So when we take public, uh, when we take, do public events, you know, we switch locations. So now we've been doing the balcony. We've had getting some really cool activity up in the balcony now. And one of our investigators set a flashlight up by the control panel uh, on the balcony. And nothing happens the entire night. While we're up there. And then all of a sudden the flashlight falls off of the counter. And I'm like, well, you know, it could be a lot of things. So I, I look back on the video when I come home. The flashlight rotates, stops for five seconds, and then gets pushed off from the back. Oh, the, like the long way. It got pushed off the long way. Yes. So it like so whatever it was rotated the flashlight around because it was the flashlight was uh sitting what uh, horizontal so whatever it was moved the flashlight like 25 degrees it stopped for five seconds and then it got pushed from the back like it pushed from like the back of the flashlight over the counter and we oh, have the video wow. on we have we have the video on our Midwest uh, Ghost Society fan page on Facebook, but um, I looked over the evidence and I'm like, well, you know, uh, that defies physics. Because, <laughs> yeah, and that defies, yeah. you know, um, an object in motion stays in motion. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, why would it stop for five seconds? It's like something was playing with it and it's like, oh, I'm tired of it. And like a cat pushed it over the counter. <laughs> That's what you found. You found a you ghost found cat. A ghost That's cat. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I think but yeah, check check out that video. It's on our Facebook I, page. Check it I out. Was gonna say, I can't believe I didn't see it. Uh, I don't know how I missed it because I follow you guys on there. And yeah. I'm going to have to go on after this uh, this live episode and check it out. And I was just yeah, going to say, uh, if you wanted to plug anything, because I was going to end this call pretty soon here so we can take some <laughs> listener calls. But uh, it sounds like you just did. That's uh, Midwest Ghost Society Group. Or is it just Midwest? What What is the actual official Facebook page name? So official Facebook page name is Midwest Ghost Society. Um, we do have an email, MidwestGhostSociety.com, uh, at Yahoo.com. Uh, we do, if you know anybody who's looking for a private investigation of their home, uh, our group does it 100% free of charge, and your privacy is number one concern. Everything is 100% confidential, so... We love it. And uh, definitely thank you for calling in and being part of our show today. We thank you for letting us. We appreciate That was so much fun doing this with you guys. Be part of that. Well, thanks for having us. Absolutely. And, and I will say definitely go check out their page because they <clears throat> have sent us quite a few videos and told us stories about other sessions that they've done without us. 
and it is really interesting stuff. You guys will have a, a heyday playing on their website and seeing or the Facebook group, seeing all the different things that they've encountered, and also the equipment that they have. I've only listed a few things that they used, you know, with us. They have some really, really cool equipment. So go check it out. And uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, and you have a good one, right? Yeah, you follow us. We do. Um, we go live on Facebook, but yeah, we need to find the time to go hunting again. Yes, Absolutely, please. Yeah. let us know. We will set that up via email, and we'll talk soon. All right. See ya. Thanks All for right. having me. Thanks. You bet. Thanks. All right. Bye. 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 -bye. How fun was that? I love it. So yeah, if you guys are interested in sharing any of your personal experiences, now would be the time. Feel free to call in. You can go ahead. I will do first come, first serve, whoever calls first. Or if you guys want to start chatting in the uh, messenger and just kind of let us know that way. And we'll keep on uh, babbling here until we get some calls. Yeah, so uh, I was going to say, I didn't mention when we were uh, talking about our whole experience was uh, when we first got to the basement and we walked downstairs as a, as, I don't want to say a full sensitive because I, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm psychic in any extre extreme extent of it, but as a sensitive, when we walked down, all of a sudden it was like, I have been here before. And I looked over and she verbalized this oh, right yeah. when we got down. And this like, is not the oh, first time. I, I've also had those experiences where like, wow, I, I like I remember this moment having happened before. And when she came, like I, I knew exactly what she was feeling. And she was like, No, we've we've uh, she'd never been in the basement before, no. like physically with us. <laughs> I had been down there the day before, but she Walked knew the basement. And I said, um, there there's a hallway to the right, correct? And from where I was standing. It was just one room. It, you couldn't tell that this was this. And, and you know, Candy had looked over at me and she was like, yeah, do you want me to take you over there? I'm like, yeah, let, let's go. And I knew as we were walking down that there was a door to the side. I knew that the way that it connected, it was so surreal. And another big thing that I had experienced was even though our second session in the basement, we did not actually have any kind of REM pod or any interactions per se. But I will tell you that as we were sitting there, it felt like there was someone standing directly behind me, like breathing on my shoulder right there. <laughs> and it was crazy. At one point we had to turn a flashlight on to do something. I forget. What ex oh, because we heard dripping in the corner and we had to make sure that there was no flooding happening. Like we said, it was storming like crazy. And when we turned the light on, my very first thing was slamming my neck around and seeing like is somebody messing with me or. <laughs> Which is interesting because I went down to do a, a solo session to see if that equipment would go off again after our first experience. I was too excited about all of it. I remember this. So I, it was, I did not get any reactions down there by myself. And, and quite frankly, it was after the, the entities told us that they were absolutely sick of us and wanted us to pack up our equipment and go away. Bedtime. So I figured I'd give it a try. Nothing happened, but I will say I had that while I was down there, 
I wasn't like nervous at all to go down and do it by myself. No, you were giddy. I was very excited, <laughs> but man, I, I kept turning on my flashlight on my phone and looking behind me because it, it really did just feel like something was right behind me while I was doing it. It was, yeah, very crazy, like full strong, like a person was right there. So I know we had a few people try to call in earlier when the show first started. It looks like a couple of you guys are still on. If you want to call in and share your stories, we are ready for you. But if not, I am going to go ahead and share a ghost story from back when I used to do paranormal investigations. Unless you had a story you wanted to share. Oh, you can go ahead and kick it off. All right. So there is a old bridge and a small town out in the Midwest Illinois region called Millbrook. The bridge is of course called the Millbrook bridge. And I I wanted to share this one because they are, they are threatening to tear down this bridge and it's actually part of a historical landmark. We went to the don't tear it down rally. Yeah. we, We participated in a don't tear down the bridge rally. And I've told quite a few people that are local out here that you know that is a haunted bridge and a lot of them have teased me and they're like oh it's not haunted you know i was going there as a kid and blah 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 but i really think it it depends on the why you're going there as to whether or not you get some sort of paranormal reaction but it is one of the most like intense ghost you know interactions that i've had where they you know not a full physical manifestation, but a full physical like reaction. I guess I'll just go ahead and tell you guys rather than try to describe it. Like, like somebody's getting their next Moscow mule going. I am. Um, I was trying to be all so hard to be about quiet, it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we went there with a large group of friends that we went to investigate with. And oh, we're talking probably 15, 16 years ago. Yeah, it was before me. Before so. you. <laughs> it's been a minute. So we get to the bridge and there were kids that were at the bridge prior to us. And it was, I think, somewhere in the ballpark of midnight or one o'clock in the morning. So we figured they're probably here for the same reason we're here. We're going to scare the heck out of them. And Long story short, you know, we go up to the bridge, we're all like sneaking in the bushes and we're going to jump out, scare the kids and then, you know, crack a beer, have a beer with them, whatever. (laughs) Better uh, not be sharing beers with not kids. kids. (laughs) We we didn't know if they were like young adult kids or kids, kids. Yeah, never sharing beer with minors. It's on air. All right. (laughs) So I was young. It might have even been longer than 15 years. We were just barely 21, 22. But the kids weren't there by the time we got to the bridge we're like hanging out on it we actually had our last beer and uh that's important because a police officer shows up and checks our cooler later (laughs) so i think some of us were actually under 21 that was a concern but not that anybody would drink under 21 your Um, age minus 15 i mean we're talking pretty young yeah so but that that would be math yeah (laughs) pretty sure that's still older but yeah all right so we we walk around on the bridge we're doing our thing and what's really crazy so the the story to this bridge that has been passed around and i did finally find this story in one book out there and got so excited but i think i was like i i must have been even younger than that. i must have been under 21 because i remember i was at like a borders with my parents and i didn't have money with me and i was like oh can you guys buy the book and they didn't buy it so i was gonna go back and get it and then i didn't 
do that. So like I found the book when I was at Borders with my mom and went back to go buy it without her and it, I couldn't find the book again. But anywho, long story short, uh, just trying to figure out the time frame here. The story is a witch got hung over the bridge. And I will tell you that like mathematically, it doesn't really add up. It, like witches weren't being publicly hung during the time frame in this region that the bridge was put up. But that doesn't mean it couldn't have happened. You know, there are still people today that are, are considered witches, self-proclaimed and otherwise. And while hanging is few and far between for witches over a hundred years ago, like who knows, but we, uh, they hung the witch and then they dragged her down this road that leads up to the bridge and they have her buried in an unmarked like stone tomb. We've done the like hike where you go to the bridge and then you follow the trail and you go find this stone where supposedly the witch is buried underneath and you get followed by all these weird like orbs and you know, just weird noises coming from behind you and all this craziness. So that's the, the myth behind why the bridge is supposedly haunted. Well, when we stepped off of the bridge, the last person, this is a large bridge. You couldn't actually see across it because it was a little bit of a foggy night. And the whole bridge, it's like one of those old school cable bridges that makes this very unique sound. If you like hit one of the cables, it goes like, well it did that times like a million when we stepped off the bridge so much so that it sounded like the kids we were there to scare were on the other end and were messing with us we couldn't see across the whole bridge because it was you know foggy and we decided like we're gonna scare the heck out of these guys back they're getting us so me and three of my buddies we decided to like we uh had the flashlights off and we started running across the bridge kicked the flashlights on started yelling like ah and then all of a sudden we got a flashlight back in our face and it was millbrook police turn off your flashlights and we're like oh whoops <laughs> so <laughs> definitely trespassing <laughs> definitely uh I, I think at least some of us were under 21 drinking beer on this bridge at Never. one o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. And we're like, uh oh, this is not a. So he looks at the cooler and he's like, you know, what's in there? And we're like, just pop, sir. Like nothing, uh, officer. He opens it up and it was just pop. And uh, so many details. But basically, at some point, he finally is like, well, I thought there was a bunch more of you guys. Where'd they go? They had all scattered and ran once they heard it was a police officer. So we're like, it's just us, <laughs> which I'm sure he knew was a lie. But the ultimate like end to this story is all of a sudden it kind of clicks in my mind. And I'm like, wait a minute, we were running across this bridge because it was shaking like crazy. And I mean, you'd have to go to one of these cable bridges and shake the cables to truly understand what I'm talking about. But it's not like the pressure of our feet stepping off of it caused it to go like, boom. Oh no, no. this was like, I've been to boom, this bridge boom, many boom, times. Boom. Like it was loud. And it, his face turned a little bit pale. And he looked at us and he goes, guys, I came to the bridge, thought you were all gone, which is also weird because you'd think he could hear us from the other side. And uh, he, he literally was like, all right, I only came back because the bridge started making that noise. He was on one side of the bridge. 
we were on the other side of the bridge. Those kids that we were going to try to scare that we never actually saw that we heard at the bridge when we got there, there's nowhere for them to have gone. They would have to be dangling off the bottom of this bridge over the Fox River, or they would have had to jump into the Fox River, which we would have heard for sure. Parkour. (laughs) Like legitimately, it, it was there was there was no way that either the cop or us caused that bridge to shake. And all of us kind of came to that realization as we looked at each other and it was just like, all right, nothing to see here. And we went our separate (laughs) ways. And we've been back to that bridge to ghost hunt like 9 million times and have yet to have that level of experience. I'm not a huge fan of the ghost pictures where you see like the ghostly images Back then I was, and I have captured, which I will, if I can find, share a bunch of them on our group. There are some really, really like noticeable faces and full bodies of ghosts in like what appears to be a smog at different times we've gone back. But I mean, it would be a clear night when we took the picture. And unfortunately, I understand the psychology behind why faces show up and everything and that we're kind of just like we look for faces but it's interesting but is it proof that there are ghosts absolutely not are they fun to look at and kind of tell people about sure so i share them but yeah that was that was one of the most intense experiences we've had at millbrook which is uh to say the least intense (laughs) i would have peed my pants not gonna lie it's very exciting that Ray just uh, commented in our group here. I've heard this story before and have heard people claim they've seen an apparition of a white or a woman in white walking across the bridge at night. Others report seeing the same apparition. And when they stopped to see who it was, it disappeared. But you could hear a woman crying. Oh. Very interesting. I have not heard the woman in white regarding the Millbrook Bridge. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Maybe we'll be able to do a, an investigation when it's warmer there with them. Ooh. We'll see. I mean, that bridge is technically off I limits know. now. They have it. Uh, maybe, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe we can get permission from the city to just be on the outskirts of it after maybe. dark. That's we'll the see. thing is that the Midwest Ghost Society doesn't break rules when they ghost hunt. They always no, get permission. I, like this is what I'm saying. If we can find a way to get permission to be there after dark because it is a state park. I, for one, do not have those qualms. I, I will go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, for yeah. me, what I thought that I would share with uh, the group uh, is growing up, my mother called me uh, the haunted child. And she said that I had a ghost that followed me everywhere. She's listening. Let's see how she responds to this. <laughs> and uh, growing up, when we we moved into a house, um, my bedroom before we moved in was actually a carport, and then it was turned into a a section of the house, and uh, we split it into a office and a bedroom. Well, oh, quick pause. Ooh. He says he may or may not a person uh, know a person on the Millbrook Village board. So uh, hey, maybe he can make that this happen. That's what we're talking about. We are definitely down if you can make that happen, right? Just, just please make it happen when it's a little <laughs> bit warmer than freezing cold. Oh, you can handle it. <laughs> I and can. Your, your mom says she's listening. Laugh out loud. But, uh, you know, growing up in this room, I always swore it was haunted. And I would have these experiences where, as my mom knows, I would go to turn on my light 
and before my hand would hit the light switch, the light would just turn on. And, you know, I'd always tell them about it. I'd be like, no, this just happened. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're all right, you're haunted. It follows you everywhere. Cool beans. Um, but the um, the room, the most intense experience that I had ever had in there. And the heater, she says. Uh, I did have a heater in there. No, I think she's saying it turned on. But oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's creepy. It was creepy. Um, Either that or she blamed the ghost because she say, forgot to turn off the heater. I think I, by her face <laughs> right now that she just called herself out on that one. I don't know about that. I don't if know it's about not that. too late to ground her, <laughs> I think she lied about the heater. I don't know. No. Uh, looking back, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? But the the most intense experience that I had was this room was set up a total teenage room. Um, my dad painted it my favorite color. I had the uh, paint splattered wall. It was to all means the best room ever. And I had the coolest uh, radio. I even had a remote control for it. For the that, 90s. No, that's, I was gonna say, remote for control 90s. for the boom box. <laughs> like, Those were the good ones. This is, this is the stuff. But which is awesome because we always sat one inch from it, but we still use oh, the remote. Of course, it didn't matter. <laughs> you had a remote for a boom box. It was a six disc changer, okay? What? Yeah. I'm like, this is what's up. And it played cassettes. So this is the coolest. Anyways, that's but, important because you can make mixtapes with a cassette. Oh, uh, I would. Yeah, I would sit and record the top countdown. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And narrate it with my microphone. Uh, Control the audio <laughs> levels. While oh, it was yeah. <laughs> I was a mix master. Heck yeah. Uh, it was prepping me for this. DJ Ellie in the house. Who knew that those skills would come back today? Uh, but she doesn't do any of the editing. No, <laughs> well, I help and I watch. And uh... she watches for two seconds and falls asleep. <laughs> I have to wake up much <laughs> earlier than you. This is true. Uh, but anyway, so the uh, the pretty much the most intense um, episode ghost haunting in that room that I've ever experienced had to do with this radio because. In the middle of the night, I would wake up and my curtains would be slamming, like the blinds. And I'd be like, okay, there's train tracks like 10 miles away. It's probably making it do that. And then the posters that were all in frames on my wall would, I'm like, it's totally a train. It's totally a train. It's okay. It's okay. And then every single one of my cool 90s lights, lava lamp disco ball uh rotating multicolored ball any light that i had because it was the 90s and i was the shit turned on all at once and the radio turns on remote sitting next to me on the bed full blast curtains flinging Try to get straight out. out of the exorcist. I I'm mean, not, is... <laughs> I am not kidding you. This actually happened. I love her to death and I'm still skeptical. It's and... all right. I'm not trying to convince <laughs> anybody this that this, this actually happened, but this is what I experienced. Yeah. And my parents will reiterate my damn door would get stuck all the time. And that door was stuck. 
Didn't you have something to do with like a Barbie that would record or something? Didn't you tell me some story along that? Do you know what I'm talking a about? A recording Barbie? A recording doll of some sort. And then like, I thought it was either your mom or your grandma threw it out because it was recording weird stuff. I don't know. No? No. Mm-mm. It must be I your other have... girlfriend. It could have been. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say um, that. As she said, remember dad did the electric in that room. Exclamation point. <laughs> laughy, laughy. <laughs> Yes, he did. That might explain a couple things. Are you, is your story over? Because that just reminded me of a story. So we've shared these stories back and forth. Yes. And Dad remembers the doll. Oh, I guess, so maybe I, there is a doll story, and I can't believe you're maybe, not remembering. That's going to be Dad in a future episode. You. Maybe I, I swear you told me one time when we had one of our like drunken nights, and then I, I asked. It was almost about. like a recession, uh, recess memory. Uh, wait, is that the right word? Yeah, recessed memory. Like, yeah. he... like you just forgot it and like remembered it, and you told it, and then I I verified it, and then I, I swear it was you, but uh, not my other girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> but so the, the electrician thing, there was I had like almost the opposite experience. I would go up after like watching TV with the family as a kid, and I would go up to the bedroom, hit the lights to turn them on, you know, like get ready for bed and jump in bed. I had one of those light switches that you like push to- the top or push the bottom. It wasn't a normal switch. Mm-hmm. And because you used to shoot Nerf guns at it right, to turn yeah. it on and off. <laughs> the Nerf bow and arrow to be specific. Uh, but I click it on and then all four lights that were up inside the thing would pop, you know, like when a light bulb goes old and it would go total dark. Mom knows this happened to me all right. the time too. And we shared these stories back and forth <laughs> yeah. back when we first got together. But so it, like this was so I would run out of my room around the corner. I'd hit the hall light, not every time, but sometimes the hall light would pop too. And I would be in essentially total darkness. I'd grab that banister and fling my body around it and run down the stairs. I'd run in and my dad had more light bulbs in our closet than <laughs> any human being alive because of this situation. I thought it was totally normal. People had like 50 plus spare light bulbs no this was insane like just the entire top of our closet was different light bulbs and he would go up there and he'd change out all the light bulbs and try to calm it down Nah, it's just the electricity blah 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 this was so bad that they did actually rerun the electric for the whole house because this happened so often but even after they fixed the electric in the house and and re-ran wires through all the walls I was the only one in the house who did this, by the way. I was the only one in the house that would have this happen to me over and over and over. It would still happen to me, albeit not as often, but I was also getting older by the time they did all this. But it would still happen to me where I'd click on the lights and all four of them would pop out. It was crazy. And I'll never forget that. Well, I mean, your dad did the electrician work in that house, right? After. <laughs> when he fixed it, yeah. And, and again. And like, it still happened. Yeah. But... Yeah, it was the it was actually built by an electrician, so oh the worst part of the house was the electric. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> they like leftover wires and things. He would just like splice them together and keep it going. And you know, you really helped that whole situation by shoving a fork into it. It was not a fork. Oh, sorry. Very specifically, I took apart a race car when I was like <laughs> five or six, and the little radio frequency controller in there is like wound up wire. 
which I was smart enough to wrap through a large plastic button that I had a collection of for some weird reason. Every kid in the 90s, buttons. 80s. I, I did. I had a tin full of buttons. Yeah, those I had a tin full of buttons. So I, I like wrapped it through the big plastic button. And what I wanted to see was like in the cartoons where you see the electricity like go through the wire and then back into the wall. It doesn't work that way. What I actually saw was total <laughs> darkness and a large flame shoot up my wall. <laughs> at which point I went down to my dad and I was like, Hey, the, the power went out upstairs and he, he could tell by my That's face weird. something was going on. So he flipped the surge protector, came up with me, and there was just a charred black like flame like circle going up the wall. And he goes, so uh, did you did you stick something in the plug socket? And I was like, no, why? What? And then he walked around the room till he found the button and it was like melted and the wire was like, he goes, did you stick this in the plug socket? I was like, no. And then he like walked over and it was like perfectly shaped to fit into a plug socket. And he's like, are you sure? And then I was like, all right, I think he's on to me. So I was like, well, I was playing with the button and I was near the plug socket and it may or may not have fell Oops. into the plug socket. So he left that charred mark up my wall for like three years his words were because he wanted me to learn from that mistake and never do it again. In reality, he just, you know, didn't, didn't want to do wall. it. <laughs> didn't want to replace that Sesame Street wallpaper. Dad said, do you remember whenever you open cabinets in the kitchen, they would never close. <laughs> and maybe you really did close them and your ghost opened them I back think <laughs> that's what it is. And you know what? That ghost haunts my child now. Elizabeth, every weekend that she comes and stays with us from college, guess what? Followed us. It follows her and leaves all of the cabinets open. And I, I'm pretty sure it's a poltergeist. I'm pretty sure. I'm surprised. One of the cabinets is still connected to the cab <laughs> the, the, the door. That's true. Because you come around the corner and hit your head on it. And like, it's always the corner. And like, just, oh, it is the most painful, like, uh, anger inducing thing so you this imagine. is why after like 1989 they, got rid of the they stopped putting uh cabinets over your counter like like a coffee bar counter yeah because it just pisses you off if you get hit in the head with it it sure <laughs> as heck does uh just to warn our listeners we have about 23 minutes left if anybody wants to share their ghost stories you can call in. Um, more than happy to have you guys on, but it is going to automatically cut us off at two hours. So that is the limit to how long we can do a live episode. All right. Wow. Where are the listeners? They were calling. I know they were. They were calling in before, and they are on. And I don't know uh, if anybody's getting nervous to share, but we would love to hear your stories, and we'll keep on going. So to call in, all you guys have to do is, if you're listening on the Podbean app, which you are, there's a little button to to call in. You just have to have headphones on with a mic built in. The headphones that come with your phone are fine, and you're able to call in. Great question. Thank you. Great question. Your mom asked. Oh. <laughs> how do they call in? <laughs> The people who called in earlier, I think, know how to call in because they called in earlier. But 
I don't know if they like their faces are still showing up as listeners, but I don't know if they're still like by their phone or not. So we've already shared our experience with the uh, the closet door. That was terrifying. We've mm-hmm. already told everybody about the bell experience and that we've we got, bought at the thrift store. Uh, I'm pretty sure we talked about the ghosts that were running around in the uninhabited unit next door. Nope. That to technically, uh, that too technically advanced for dad. He wanted to share a story. Oh, that's too technically advanced. He wanted to share a story. All you need is headphones. You just click the call in button. You're on. You're good do to it, go. Do it, dad. Do it. Do it. Do, do it. it. <laughs> do it. If you don't end up calling in and you want to share the story, you can tell us and we can share the story, or we can have you over and you can share the story at a later time. But if you can figure out how to call, it's on the app. It's literally in the in the Podbean app. You can just. Oh, you're probably listening through. No, you have to be no, listening to the podcast because we're live. So yeah, it, it should be pretty easy. I know we got listeners that wanted to call in and share their stories, so we are ready for you. Um, any other stories between us that you can think of? Stories between us. Let's I know there see. was one that your like floating entity thing did you ever share that one on here um the one that's friggin' haunting me in my sleep yeah that one yeah no uh that one is uh super freaky and ugh, i hate it i will wake up in the middle of the night and there is a jet black entity like arching over me and I cannot breathe, cannot see, like, all I can see, but all I can see is that. And then, like, when I come to fully, I'm pretty sure it's, like, a sleep sleep terror. I don't know, because I've had this exact experience. So, literally, that entity you're talking about, before we got together, I can I can share an example of that when you're done with your version of it. That's, I mean, like, he, he looks at me is over, creeping over me and the entire time it is like a I can't look away I can't move holy crap here we go like the, the, I would like it to go away but I wouldn't like the other creepy things to go away because I like all the other random things just not this one <laughs> Ellie do you remember when the Matt and dad's work rolled it's CF up? Itself up? Self up. Uh, it took from one line to the next. Yes. You know what that. The mat at Dad's work rolled itself up? Yes. That. I don't think I do that. I don't no, think... it wasn't your fault when I read it. It went from one line <laughs> to the next. It didn't like put the little hyphen or whatever. Uh, do you remember that story or not? No. She Dad, call that. in for the yeah, love call of everything. In. Do it. All right. So after Mike Sr. died? No. Yeah, she does not remember that one. Uh, feel free to call in and share it. He said he can't find his headphones with the mic built in. But you can use any Bluetooth if you have a Bluetooth as well. That was just an example. If you have Bluetooth headphones that have a mic or the little old school like 90s Bluetooth earbud thing that you can talk on, any of those will work. But to build off of your story that you just told with the the black swirling entity thing, this was another one before we got together. I had two cats and 
I've talked about my buddy Nate before, I'm sure, on the show. But, again, this one's somewhere in the ballpark of, like, 15 years ago. I kept getting this sound like somebody was walking up the stairs to come into our bedroom. And it was intense. Like, I mean, like, every step you could hear him coming up. I actually had just recently had this experience at our current house. But something was coming up the stairs. It was happening night after night after night. And I would literally like get out of bed and I would grab a bat and I would go around the corner and nothing would be there. And I was like, what the heck? Well, Nate spent the night at my house. We had a few drinks. So, of course, you can use that to discredit this. But we weren't like wasted or anything. We had a few drinks. We watched a movie. I went to bed. He was downstairs. And again, this time, not only did I hear something walk up the stairs, but it was almost like a kid going up the stairs where they like pound on the wall for no reason whatsoever. Just to be an asshole. <laughs> Just to be dick kids. <laughs> well, it was it was coming up the stairs and it was hitting the wall. And this time, like I woke up when it was only halfway up the stairs. It was still coming up the stairs. And I assumed because I knew Nate was downstairs. It was probably Nate. But still, I was like, why is he banging on his way up the stairs? So I jumped out of bed, ran around the corner, didn't grab a weapon or anything because I assumed it was Nate. He woke up downstairs, came around the corner, heard something going up the stairs. We're looking at each other from the top of the stairs and the bottom of the stairs like, what the heck was that? Nothing was in between us. Well, fast forwarding a few weeks later of this experience happening over and over in some very, very intense dreams that I was having during this time, all of a sudden I heard the... Uh, it actually starts with the front door would sound like it opened shut and then something would come up the stairs and I had two cats. One of them comes running in the room, looks up at the ceiling, goes and then runs out of the room. And I'm like, what the heck? So I look up and I see this just black swirling freaking like entity is the best way I could say it for lack of a better word but just like this black swirling to the no 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 my other cat runs in the room while I'm looking at it hisses at it as well and then rushes out of the room I'm sitting here just staring at this I see it go into the closet and then just disappear and the next day I was like looking you know telling the story looking through the closet and I found this old doll that I had no idea where it came from I was uh, previously engaged and she had no idea where this doll came from. And we were just like, what the heck is this, this entity thing that went off into the closet and then left this weird doll behind. And it was, it was pretty bizarre. We ended up getting rid of that doll because some weird stuff was happening. Not by my choice. I would have kept it and kept the weird stuff happening, but she ended up getting rid of it. So I was sad, but I don't think it mattered because you had a similar experience. I had the similar experience. And then this swirling dark presence. It's ugh, nope. And I have no fear of any of it. Like I absolutely embrace it. I, my sister will yell at me if I actually encourage it. So I'm not encouraging these things to come, but if they're there already, I'm not going to discourage them from playing is is how i see it like uh i did not like it i did not like it at all but here's the thing and I, we may have talked about that briefly on the show before because i told her and, and i genuinely believe i have the ability to just make these things go away but i choose not to uh i, I offered to make it go away and unfortunately if i do that 
our other ghostly presences will also go away, but that I will do that for her. And what did you say? I don't want them to leave. Right. So we have the the pacing ghost at the front door. And that one's always fun. And obviously the bell ringing is so intriguing. Your dad can't find anything that works, so he's going to tell us the story on Thanksgiving. So apparently we're bringing all of our equipment and going live on Thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> so you guys can hear. <laughs> Maybe we'll just record him tell the story and then play the recording. There you go. Later. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, actually, I have, uh, I have a couple of people who want to do listener stories that have reached out. Marissa says, hovering entities, dark presences, creepy dolls. Yeek! <laughs> yes, discourage them. <laughs> Yes, Marissa. Yes, um, but uh, I do have I, I have two people who actually have reached out to me and emailed about listener stories, Ooh. and they were not available for today's episode. So I I will say in the very near future we will be doing a listener stories episode. I have two as well so far, and then that have told me like the gist of their stories. And I have a few more that want to tell me their stories. So we so, will, maybe we'll re, we'll put dads in there too. That would work quite well. So actually I was going to touch on how earlier I was saying I, I am sensitive. Yes, please do. And um, my, my parents will love this one because growing up, um, you would say I had an old soul. I... You would definitely say this. If you meet her, you can probably <laughs> tell just from the pictures and just her like voice presence. Like she definitely has an old soul. But um, as as a ghost stories, Jennifer, if you have any personal experiences where you've had a ghost uh, interaction that you want to share, uh, feel free to jump on and hello as well. And if you do, all you have to do, if you have a headphones or if you have any Bluetooth thing, you just call in. Yeah. So if you if you have uh, your headphones that came with your phone or any Bluetooth headphones that have a mic built in, there should be a button on the Podbean app to call in and we'll get you on here. We have about 10 minutes left. Yeah, so, if, if, if the only problem is if you don't have headphones, we'll hear echo. Yeah. If you, if you don't have headphones and you're hearing your voice and the whole podcast, it just keeps circling back through. So. If you find headphones, um, feel free to call in. Otherwise, I will share what you've texted so far. Let me know if you're going to call in. Uh, well, uh, while we're figuring that, that out. That was for Jennifer. Yes. While we're figuring that out, I will continue on with... Uh, uh, I, I actually spent a lot of time with a neighbor who lived in the backyard. Uh, not in our backyard. or Her house was connected to our backyard. Uh, Ruth. Uh, she was a fantastic woman. Um, I want to say 70s, 80s, somewhere in there. And I would spend my afternoons after middle school going over and playing different games with her, um, Yahtzee and such. And she was one of my best friends in middle school. She was the most fantastic person in the world. Definitely an old soul. <laughs> she taught me a lot of different things. Um, it, well, just in general, she was awesome. But one day I came home from school. Our first friends we made when we moved to Sandwich were like in their 60s, right? That's true. Yes. <laughs> um, we hung out with them quite often. But one day I came home from school and my parents and our neighbors on the other side of our house 
uh, were sitting at the kitchen table, which was not unusual. They quite often were all sitting at the table when I walked in from school. And as I walked in the door, I turned and I looked at them and I said, who died? And <laughs> all of them went mouths agape, pale white. <laughs> they turned to me and they were like, uh, Ruth passed away. And this is just one of the, the many strange things that has led me to believe that I have some form of a sensitivity to things that are going on that I don't quite understand. Which brings me to our remote viewing episode that we did the other day. Yes. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to it, check it out. It I actually a lot of fun. joined a few remote viewing groups to kind of just discuss the experiences I've had and try to learn from them. And I'm being told that what we do with like interacting with another human being is not technically considered remote viewing of which I am confused, but more, more than open to hear what their suggestions hey, there, are. This is such a huge world that you're walking into right oh, now. Yeah. Like there, there's so much to learn. So I I've... feel like walking into the violin store. Oh like... my gosh. That was a horrible experience. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that whole thing, but yeah, like if you've ever had that experience where you go to some place that's outside of your element, they just treat you like you're an idiot for not being like already like using their lingo and all that in their club. That is, that is the experience we had or I'm having right now with the remote viewers. And what really confuses me is they use remote viewing. Like just somebody looks at a picture and you have to try to like tell them what's on the picture but you have no connection with that person. My theory is that you're connecting with another human being and that there's some sort of strong connection there. Anywho, check out the remote viewing episode. If anybody wants to do a like remote viewing session and try to, you know, kind of interact with us and play with us. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Email us at uh, spirits oddities and mysteries at gmail.com. And we'll definitely, you know, kind of do some remote, like legitimate remote experience uh experiments with you guys which would be fun and uh definitely uh join our group and let us know things because we can get more people involved if it's through the group and that's spirits oddities and mysteries group on facebook and uh do you have something to share that they typed out or Jennifer's typing out a story, I, I think, because there's a few lines at a time. I want to like just talk to her I was and, say, and add that to a listener's time. Okay, sounds good. We knew that. I just didn't want to cut them off because we are uh, boiling down to our last couple minutes here. We want to end but... this episode on our own and not have it just automatically cut us off yeah, at we don't, two hours. We so. don't want to shut, get shut down, cut off. Um, but uh, like we, we have were saying... about four minutes. If anybody has a short story they want to share and and send it in you know feel free to call in if anybody wants to try the call in portion of it but after the next couple of minutes here we're going to cut that off so that we don't only hear half your story um but like i said join the group and also um follow us on instagram because we're on there we share a lot of fun goofy things at spirits oddities and mysteries uh, yeah, that's what that's where we are. And, and Twitter, uh, which I is I was gonna uh, say Twitter. Tweet at us. Tweet tweet. Spirits with an S oddity. They they shortened their name. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't available. And then yeah, you had a weird one when you first did it. Yeah, so the first one, one they really like gave us a bunch of extra stuff to add on, and it didn't make sense. So 
spirits with an s oddity <laughs> good story and thanks definitely check out our patreon patreon.com forward slash spirits oddities and mysteries we are also now able to be searched we fixed that little glitch thank so you my you husband to- <laughs> for being tech savvy and figuring out what the issue was um uh i say don't support the mystery box support the ghost no definitely <laughs> all right so i gotta tell you guys one more time before we team alley so <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen somebody unbox a mystery box off of the dark web. They are incredibly bizarre. I happen to know how to use the dark web. I've played around there quite a bit. The mystery boxes are not cheap. They're pretty expensive. The more you spend, the more bizarre they end up being. But if you join Patreon and you support the mystery box off the dark web, we'll be doing a YouTube unboxing of the mystery box. We will be diving deep into trying to solve whatever mystery comes along with this box if you've never seen one youtube one check it out i'm telling you like there's some pretty fun ones that are out there don't worry i'll be in a hazmat suit (laughs) but watching (laughs) us unbox one is going to be interesting i will say it will be a lot of fun however (laughs) i would prefer to go hunt ghosts so. Which is another option on the Patreon, or you can support the show just by becoming a Samsonite. Yeah, Samsonites unite. Yes, please. And even if you don't do any of the Patreon things, if you support us just by liking, sharing, you know, just you know, communicating with us on Facebook, just continue listening. We love it. Push that follow button because then you'll get notifications when we have a new episode, and it will be much easier to get to you. And that will help us be able to make more content. And podcasts live and die by the reputation. If you happen to be listening through Apple, give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Hopefully it's a good review. If, if you if you have a, a, a qualm, just email us. Email Let us, us know. We'll change it. We'll give us it a out. chance to fix it before you tear us down on any of these places. But if you feel like you like the show, you enjoy it, and you want to support the show, just simply putting a five-star review up there letting people know how you feel about the show. It goes a long way. We definitely appreciate it. And if you absolutely hate us and you want to put a one star, I mean, I guess go ahead. We'll accept it, but we'll cry. Oh, I will a lot. You can't please everybody, (laughs) but we definitely want to try. (laughs) (laughs) So it looks like uh, we got some more live episodes, please. People are enjoying it. We definitely like doing the live episodes. I love doing them, and that's what the feedback we want to hear is how you guys feel about them, because this was super fun being able to call in, get the Ghost Society in live, kind of be able to pick their brains for you guys, because we got to pick their brains a whole bunch Oh yeah, when we were there, so to just kind of give you guys a little insight to it was fun. And now that we know that the call-in feature works with our equipment, that was the tricky part. We definitely want to do more live episodes because we love the call-in function. The only issue is, and the reason we didn't advertise this live episode longer, is it wasn't working with our audio equipment. The audio from the call-ins wouldn't play through our headset, so we couldn't like actually interact with you. We got all that solved. It's working fantastic now. It was a little bit loud um unfortunately that's one of the downsides is we don't have a whole lot of control over volume and obviously zero control over post edit so we just kind of have to like go with it but it is a whole lot of fun so we'll continue to do our regular recording episodes we will continue to do live episodes 
we're going to continue to do a lot of fun, unique things. We actually you have bet. some cool stuff planned. I'm so excited. Actually, one of the things that I really want to get down on, making a TikTok. Oh, my goodness. That's going to happen. TikToks. I love it. Um, oh, and a side note, I just realized for a listener story, we're going to have to interview Grandpa. Oh, definitely. He has had a crazy experience with dreaming about uh what what was the name of that that killer uh gacy no john wayne gacy was it gacy this i actually had to message him last time because he didn't believe me last oh, time either. because i always get it confused between uh a lot of different well I have a lot of serial killers in my brain, so. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. We have 12 seconds, so thank you for listening. We love you guys. We appreciate everything. We love you. Thank you so much for coming in.